Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper Podcast. Your host, Greg, will have smart discussions with friends, experts, and thought leaders on customer experience, transformation, and leadership. Please follow this podcast on your preferred platform. I am sure you will enjoy the next episode with the guest I selected for you. Ladies and gentlemen, today, tonight, it's really a big, big pleasure because I have two big friends, Andrea and Pasquale, together with me, and we are going to discuss about the metaverse. I decided after 100 episodes to start also deep diving in some topics and often uh, out of the questions that I am asking to all these experts, international experts, the words metaverse is popping up every time and therefore i said it's time to deep dive and i'm super happy to deep dive for the first time with pasquale and andrea before uh, we discuss about this big topic let's start with a sh short introduction round perhaps pasquale do you want to introduce yourself uh, sure gregorio thank you uh, i'm so happy to be here and it's also my first podcast in english so i'm a little bit excited and also uh, maybe shy Anyway, um, I'm the CEO of Arcage. We are a, a creative communication agency working, I would say, at the intersection between customer experience and communication. I'm also CEO of uh, Acquisition Team, which is a company dedicated to uh, fundraising, digital fundraising. I'm a board member of WMind, which is a company uh, focusing on data science and with a data science academy. Also, I have five kids and a wonderful wife. I have to, to say that even if maybe she won't listen to this podcast. But anyway. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you very much, Pasquale. And Andrea, short introduction from your side. Yeah, sure. Thank you, Gregorio. Thanks. Uh... Uh, to be here, I'm very glad to be here, first of all. Uh, I'm Andrea Ciulu, I'm a, a creative strategist at Arkitch. Uh, I am also a copywriter, so I come from a creative background and I've been uh, working on creative ideas my whole professional life, let's say, with a, always with an eye on innovation. So I, I, I like to discover what's new, uh, I would say. So I think this uh, episode is going to be really, really interesting. Thank you very much, Andrea and Pasquale. And perhaps also from my side, uh, I have long co collaboration together with Arcage. We started a few years ago also with the 6PA Italy, and we had weekly uh, meetings. And Pasquale and Andrea are really doing things that I don't understand, but it means it's even more interesting because they are really creative guys. And I listen to their podcast. It's in uh, Italian, language Italian. Il Bernoccolo, and they discussed already twice at least about Metaverse, Facebook, and what uh, Zuckerberg is doing with the Metaverse. And I said, I want to have you both on my podcast. And now it's really time to kick off the discussion. But before um, going into, the, into, into this, uh, this really interesting topic, um, Pasquale, which values drive you in life? Um, I think that probably the most important uh, value that I, I like to to discuss about is transparency. I basically maybe I think because I don't have time to be non-transparent, so I just don't have time to uh, create a reality which is not my own and to create stories, which is um, maybe weird from a communication perspective but that's what I, I like of, of my life and also I love to be committed so what I expect in, in life is to have a commitment uh, wherever it is about work about life about personal life 
And also, I think that great things in life come when you don't expect them. So uh, I like to be open-minded and I, I would recommend to be open-minded and just listen to the people and see what happens. Thank you, Pasquale. And giving the ball to Andrea, what are yours? Well, one, one driving value for me is curiosity. I like falling down rabbit holes. And I think when you follow curiosity, I think good things come. So I, I try not to repress curiosity. And the other thing is, uh, it's actually a Japanese term, but it's quite known as the Kaizen, which is improving uh, a little bit every day. Uh, and I think it's something that is, uh, is accessible to all of us, but the results are unimaginable. So I really like this vision of life, of improving a bit every day. Thank you very much. And I think if we could mix what you said about your values, we would have also an agile manifesto. I know that your company is also set up like an agile business. And therefore, I think it, it's really important to, to have this, uh, this discussion and uh, this, this overview of similar um, values. But let's now deep dive in the metaverse. I think we are having a discussion from Switzerland to Italy to Cyprus, and therefore it's decentralized. But before deep diving, I would like to ask Andrea, what's your definition of the metaverse? Uh, I think that the purest one that you can give is um, a, a permanent uh, virtual world that is uh, uh, accessible to everybody uh, at the same time, but it's permanent, so it's there all the time. Uh, it's, it's actually a, a parallel reality. That That's what the metaverse is supposed to be, not what it is maybe today, but what it's supposed to be, in my opinion. Thank you, Andrea. Pasquale, perhaps... Uh... Andrea said it's digital, and now we know that we have augmented reality and all different these, these different realities. What, what's your view on on the metaverse? What's the metaverse I'm, for you? I have to say that I disagree a little bit with Andrea, which usually happens during our podcast, <laughs> uh, because I think that, like in a general way, the metaverse is more like a, the next iteration of the web or the internet, if you like with an additional layer of experience. So it's, um, I don't expect it to be decentralized. Um, I mean, not by default, but I expect that we will experience somehow the fact of being connect connected to the internet, what we do now with, with a mobile phone or, or with the computer in a different way. And the difference will be about experience because it will be more immersive, of course, but it will be probably uh, in virtual or augmented reality, as you said. Uh, but it, basically what I expect from the metaverse experience is that we will experience the whole internet or web. Uh, I use it in, in a different way, but let's call the web or in the internet now um, with, a, with more, uh, with, with, with a better like immersion of um, our experience. So basically, the next stop will be the metaverse, uh, whatever it will be. Uh, thank you, Pasquale. Uh, trying to to bring you together because it's a friendly game, all together, not one against the the the, the other. Um, I think and that that the metaverse is the next version of internet, as you are saying, after Web two, that was all about so social media. Now we are coming on on Web three. 
and 3.0 and this web3 will enable and ensure that we can be in this digital world in this metaverse where we'll have immersive experiences and at the end from my point of view perhaps uh, far away from everything it's an additional channel and it's somewhere when we can go and, and meet all together and i think there is a lot of discussion nowadays and for sure, one year ago when uh, Zuckerberg announced the rebranding of Facebook into Meta, and they are speaking about Meta, I was in Decentraland, and, but nowadays it's don't really like very crowded, where a lot of people want to be. Everybody was discussing about it, now a bit less. And what's happening in future? What, what, what should we expect from Metaverse? Pasquale, and then we go to Andrea. Okay, so I go first. Um, uh, I, I, I really don't like what the metaverse looks like now. From what I can understand, and probably I'm not a heavy user of the metaverse, and I think there are not many, many heavy users of the metaverse. So um, I think that uh, maybe it's it's just too early. So we are there's a um, there's a long way to go or maybe no one has already cracked like the killer app yet so maybe there's something that we're missing and the company that will find that that part uh obviously will will win at the beginning uh maybe apple maybe meta maybe someone else uh i think but what i believe is just too early to 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 understand what the metaverse is really about um in uh, the beginning of the internet, it will be it, it, it was the same thing. So uh, maybe researchers at universities used that thing that nobody understood, and we we had the TV, we had everything, and so it's just it's really just the beginning. So that's why I don't understand why Zach just uh, told everybody, okay, I I want to invest in the metaverse. It's way too early, uh, and maybe ten years, I don't know. I think what you are saying it's 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 really interesting. Somebody were required to do the first step. It was this time Zuckerberg, and at some point in times will come Apple with a better solution, a close solution, and uh, and offer this this experience to 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 their customer, to their user. But Andrea, from your point of view, why, for example, uh, we read uh, that in this central and there are not so many users and clear. It was also my first experience uh, using the Centralnet. I tried to log in several times. It didn't work. And then when I was in there, to be honest, it was not so fun from my point of view, but perhaps yeah. I am also a bit too, too old for, for that. But what's your view? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, the numbers for the Centralnet were uh, honestly quite embarrassing for the platform. I don't know whether they're true or, but yeah, they're very small. And I, I think our view and our uh, enthusiasm for the metaverse were quite biased by the lockdowns and uh, the fact that everybody just had no other outlet. If you if you think about it, it was the same thing with Clubhouse, for example. That's, it was supposed to be the next big thing uh, until everybody just went out for aperitivo and they had better things to do. Now, coming to better things to do, that's probably the major thing with the metaverse. We don't have yet a reason to go there. Now, people are building uh, the technology, they're building the infrastructure, but I guess the winner will be 
the one that will find and give us a good reason to go there. Uh, it, it's not, I mean, it, it's not uh, surprising that actually the first iterations that we uh, call the metaverse and where the brands are actually spending money and getting some numbers are games. Games that are metaversical, if that's even a word, but that uh, they're built upon a, a reason to be there. And there comes the environment. Think Fortnite and Roblox and Minecraft. Uh, when when people have reason to go there, uh, then you can build things upon it. If you just build a, a 3D world where you just go to spend your time as you experienced, uh, that there is not a lot of reasons to um, just attend these empty plazas and you know it's uh, it's a bit uh, alienating so i, I think we sh we need probably more creatives and storytellers and world builders if it's going to be an immersive world on the other hand if it's uh, an ar world just layer as pasquale said which is a very probable that is uh, juxtaposed to our reality uh, yeah, that, that would require even more reasons to be there because we don't want to just cover our reality with something that doesn't serve any purpose. So in any case, we need, I think, narratives, we need interactions, and, and this is, I can't see that yet. It's, it's really what is missing in the, in the scenario. Uh, Andrea, to, to add a little bit more context, the last email I received from MetaQuest as a MetaQuest Pro owner uh, is an email uh, reading, uh, become a superhero, become Iron Man, which is totally, mm, I mean, in topic from, on <laughs> what you said, because unless you want to be Iron Man and you want to play, there's nothing, mm, there's not much more to do, uh, in the metaverse. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, if you, if you think about it, you compare it to the narratives of the great, of the big games that I just quoted, this is really shallow. It, it, it's, it signals like a lack of ideas. If you think about Fortnite, about how intricate the uh, the narratives are, how many IPs they bring uh, in the game every three months, I mean, there is a lot of work to keep things happening. It's not like build it and they will come. It's like make it happen and they will come. Because there are so many things to do out there. So why you have to yeah, uh, so many be more. at home with the, <laughs> with the, with the quest? Anyway. Uh, trying to summarize what, what you're saying, what is still missing is the experience and we are in an experienced economy and it's still extremely improbable that there are really good experience there that you can interact with people. I was in Decentraland and it's really the first thing, if I think back uh, when we were waiting for the internet and this, there was this beep, 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 beep until we connected to the internet, I think it's, it's the same time. But I tried to interact with somebody else. It was impossible. <laughs> no way to interact with somebody else have a normal discussion due to latency issues, due to uh, that it was not working properly and so on. And I was in there for half an hour, 40 minutes, and I met two or three people, to be, to be honest. It was not so crowded and it was not so possible to have discussion. I think, Pasquale, we mentioned about something like games. Which are the other use cases that you can see coming in the next few months or years in the metaverse? I think there could be some nice opportunities in the workspace business, like having uh, a, a monitor and virtual monitors with mm, more space to do Excel. Doesn't sound very exciting, but it could be interesting. And the new camera of the MetaQuest Pro is 
really high fidelity compared to the, the, the ones that on the MetaQuest one, for example. And also the learning environment. I, I see some space there because maybe uh, people want to, when, when we do online learning, maybe we could take advantage of a more friendly environment. But of course, I mean, all day with, with that heavy thing on, on your head, it's not very, very nice. So, but maybe workspace and learning will, will, will come first. And of course we have the entertainment and uh, games, but I tried to play the F1 video game with the um, Quest. And I mean, I felt like dizzy after one lap. So it's, it's, it's really maybe for, uh, for heavy players, it, it works. But for uh, just a casual player, as I am, I'm a bit too old for that, maybe. <laughs> but you are young inside, and therefore you are still using these goggles and uh, trying to, to, to find way to use that and, and use cases. And at the end, I think it's, it's now it's really about game. And, with, and you spoke about um, using it in business for meetings in uh, for educational purposes. Perhaps, Andrea, uh, on the long-term thinking in, in future, are there other use cases that you can see or you can foresee about, uh, about uh, the metaverse? Well, I, I think we might want to uh, be in virtual worlds, uh, only if either the experience is totally immersive, so you don't have the uh, even physical roadblocks that Pasquale was mentioning. So the experience now is not that great. Uh, we, we might even see, and, and this probably has to also do what is happening with the social networks. Uh, the metaverse could also be uh, our small private space because what, what we see now is that the big generalist social networks are crumbling down and people are, are moving to closer communities of, uh, uh, of, of people who are more similar to them. Uh, so maybe we could imagine that, our, that the metaverse, rather than being a huge uh, space to explore, would be a safer space to be in. Uh, so we should really pay attention to what is happening to uh, social networks first, because th that is one thing. Uh, people think that the metaverse is mostly for meeting people. So it's a crowded place like, uh, uh, but we we are not sure about that. I mean, um, as Pasquale was saying that the main use cases for now will be uh, mostly uh, focused on smaller groups or individuals. Uh, so I, I can't really see uh, like a huge plaza when the huge plazas of today are dying out uh, just to be filled with avatars. I think that's a pretty uh, old way to see it. Probably it's more like smaller rooms or something like that. Um, it will evolve from the use cases that Pasquale was mentioning now. So I, I think being an evolutionary perspective, we cannot really predict what will live and what will not. No, sure. I, I think what, what, what you are saying is we need also to learn because often people are discussing it that's still a technological issues, the development of the metaverse. Some people are saying it's more uh, the legal side about uh, rules and regulations in there. Others are speaking uh, how to integrate the human beings, emotion and so on in the metaverse will, will be key. However, uh, I think that 
we are at the beginning we are doing our first uh, first uh, let's say baby step in in this in this world but andrea from what are your experiences that you are facing in the metaverse and perhaps also to then build uh, build up on this question on this question and what would you like to do in future in the metaverse well um if you mean as a user uh i probably tried more the gaming world than the other ones mostly because there are not really other ones. I tried at the central end and I've been on spatial and I've been on, on cyber uh, and, and some others. Uh, but I have to say that these feel like proof of concept uh, platforms rather than real words. So the feeling there is that you're not using your time very well. Uh, the experience doesn't make you feel safe. And I think this is a, a main uh, a main point for the experience in the future. We want to feel safe in digital landscapes, whatever they are. Uh, we are aware from our experience, you know, from social networks and so on. So we need to feel safe. We need to feel guided. We need to feel, uh, you know, in a place that is not uh, the wild, wild west. It's not the time of second life. We are not all pioneers. We cannot expect the metaverse to become mainstream uh, just because of pioneers who want to go in a, uh, you know, in a wild land. We need to get people who want to uh, be in a familiar place. So my, my experience so far has been, yeah, of being a bit out of place everywhere, uh, not because I didn't understand the platform, which was easy, but because uh, it felt a bit frantic and, uh, you know, not guided and without a purpose. That, that's the thing. Uh, I, I would like to be more guided by the platform itself. Thank you, Andrea. And Pasquale, which are the use cases that you personally would like to, to see in the next future? I see that need of a safer place, but I don't think if that would be the main reason to join any kind of metaverse. So I think that probably something entertaining or at least something that you cannot do in a standard physical manner, maybe could be the reason to join any kind of metaverse. Um, um, in particular, if you can wear the thing like the MetaQuest or anything, anything that, anything similar. Um, so I, I, I really don't see where I, I don't know where this thing is going, but, um, as a owner of MetaQuest, every version, version so far, even if none of them I'm particularly fond of, so it's like just testing, testing, testing. Uh, I can see there might be some space in something uh, different or maybe accessing some kind of realities that you don't usually have access to. So like concerts or maybe something something else. As I mean, we are all, uh, we, we, we all have uh, young kids, so you, 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 you might understand, uh, Gregorio, that if you have, have kids, you cannot just go to a concert or a, to a football match or uh, anything because it, it needs time. You have to leave the house and, and so on. But if you can access this kind of experience, maybe you can, you can find a reason to, to do that on the metaverse. And of course, the experience of joining the metaverse with a mobile app or maybe a browser is not that like exciting and it's not really a different experience we we all know world of warcraft like 20 years ago and that not, it's not that different like the central and then sandbox and maybe roblox i can i cannot really understand roblox i'm too old for that but i can see maybe there could be a some kind of sweet spot 
we've also tried to merge like the metaverse thing and the NFT thing and the Web3 and so on. So I can do this kind of bunch of keywords, this keyword salad. And we can find, we can understand there's a space um, uh, of innovation in terms of um, getting on the metaverse in, in a virtual, virtual way. So not really experiencing uh, a 3D world, but maybe uh, experiencing some kind of parallel world uh, uh, through avatars, NFT, and that kind of ticket to join. Uh, so I, I think we, maybe we need more um, uh, courage and also something really different to understand the value of the metaverse. And um, to be honest, maybe Facebook and Meta um, is not that um, uh, brave company that we need to crack the metaverse world. Maybe we need some some decentralized company or maybe a, a, a bigger one. And I think bigger than Facebook, there are only a couple of companies uh, like Microsoft, maybe Amazon, maybe Apple. I don't know. I think you're really maybe coming. TikTok. Sorry, it's, it's TikTok can be, but I think you're really coming to one point. You are mentioning the big giants. It's uh, Microsoft, it's Apple and all these big giants. But for my understanding and the philosophy beyond this uh, this idea this the metaverse is to be de decentralized but if we give that into the hands of facebook meta or microsoft or apple it's really as decentralized as all people are discussing about the, the web3 perhaps pasquale you can start and then we go to andrea i i don't think that the decentralization is embedded in the metaverse concept I mean, the definition I like to, to, to talk about of the metaverse is not like decentralized. As I mean, the web or the internet is not, they're not decentralized themselves. I know that the blockchain thing and the blockchain and the Web3 is decentralized. It's a decentralized technology. So it's the, I mean, as a database and the blockchain are different maybe web two and web three will be different in the same way but what we experience now the um, centralized metaverse they they're nice i mean we, we we usually we want to have centralized experiences because if we want a safe place maybe we we want a company that um, gives you all the content and the experience and maybe a company is better suited to design a great experience than like a decentralized experience uh, it's like we we talked at the last um, episode of our po podcast, Twitter versus Mastodon. Is that the the name, Andrea? Yeah, Mastodon. Uh, and it's not that it's it's not a nice experience. Uh, you, you want an experience where you you find people, and is it centralized? I mean, do we live in a centralized world? Of course we do, because we we have laws, we have a, a democratic system. So it's not like the decentralization is all the in, I mean, the important things of the metaverse is not only that, in my opinion, of course. The web experience we have is not decentralized itself. And I know, I mean, with this decentralization uh, come many, I mean, uh, problems and responsibilities. So it's really a power. And uh, no, it's not that everyone wants that power. Andrea, I think you wanted to comment on that. Yeah, I I agree on this with uh, with Pasquale. I think decentralization is a nice uh, utopia in a way, but you know, with Web three, we thought that decentralization is a purely 
technological matter. Actually, it's a social matter as well. So we can have a technology that allows for decentralization, but we tend to centralize. You see, even in Web3, uh, we are seeing some centralization on DAOs. And uh, I mean, it's decentralized in theory, but then we tend to flock around some sources and centers of power, which is not always good. But as Pasquale was saying, when we are looking at the experience, and I will add, when we are looking at story words, for example, uh, uh, narratives that I think are, are what holds everything together, you want a central narrator that makes the uh, the narration feel true. Now, we were quoting companies that might uh, hack the secret to the metaverse, and I will add a name like Disney. You know, Disney is uh, moving in that space. Disney has, for example, Star Wars, which is already, um, let's say, a metaverse in itself, not a technological one, but it's a world that we all inhabit. And, you know, you can travel to the Star Wars word whenever you want with your imagination or in the park and tomorrow maybe in a metaverse now that kind of word is what would draw people to a metaverse uh so you need a, a big company or at least a big ip to make that feel true uh many small uh, uh, ideas will probably not amount to a metaverse people want to uh you know be in so i would bet on big companies as well Thank you, Andrea. And perhaps staying with you now, it's uh, 2030. It's roughly in 10 years' time. How will the metaverse impact our life? Oh my God. Well, I have to go first. Andrea, please, you go. I will go on this so you have time to yeah. <laughs> think about this very hard question. <laughs> you know what they say that we tend to. Um, underestimate the impact, uh, uh, sorry, overestimate the impact of technology in the short term and underestimate it in the long term. And usually in the long term is the most more pervasive uh, impact. So it's rather than being a flashy, uh, a flashy impact where you have like everybody's on the metaverse all the time, which is what we think uh, and what we thought during the uh, pandemic, like everybody will be hooked to the MetaQuest 24 hours a day. It will probably be more subtle, like uh, the internet is today. It's everywhere, but we don't really feel like we are accessing it. Uh, so it will be probably become easier to access. It will become seamless. It will be probably uh, be applied to the surface of reality, as Pasquale was saying. Uh, and I guess the uh, use cases that will make it easier for us to uh, reach our goals are the ones that will survive. I, I think let's look at the pandemic. What 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 was useful and easier stuck. Everything else just got back to normal. Uh, and that's how humans work. So if it makes it easier for us, it will stick. If it's just flashy, it will, you know, fizzle out. That's that's my idea. Thank you, Andrea. And Pasquale? Thank you, Andrea, for giving me time to 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 get to the solution of this like um I think I mean, who knows? I think that not even Mark Zuckerberg himself knows that what's the future of the, uh, the, the, the metaverse in 2030. So, and that's why he has got some problems recently. Um, I think we have a screen time problem. I mean, we, uh, we have too many screens. We are addicted to these screens. And I think that probably the, 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 the problem that the metaverse will solve, we have, we don't have it very clear yet, but it's a screen time problem. So, where when we will uh, just mm, mm, try to to solve that problem we'll get to the metaverse uh, uh, like for instance maybe i forgot to mention google i think google is the mm, company which is best 
position to 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 rule the metaverse because they have data that they they know the intentions of people and they have the solutions because what i do in my life is usually do things and see people right and if i do things and see people in the metaverse i can totally forget about the screen because we are all addicted to screen and if you remove the screen from the, my digital life then i get to the metaverse that's that's what i think will will look like the metaverse in in 10 years uh eight years to be honest so uh, <laughs> clock is ticking thank you very much pasquale now we are coming to the to the end of this game to the end of this discussion but i still have three questions for you in the last three four minutes of of this game um let's start with andrea is there a book that you would like to suggest to the audience that helped you during your career or during your life um, Gregorio, I will suggest a book that is really uh, unexpected. It, it, it didn't really help me uh, in the professional life, but I think it might help uh, think about experiences, even in the virtual world. And it's a book from 1977. It's called A Pattern Language. It's a book about urbanism and architecture, but it's more than that. It tries to uh, track what humans like in the spaces they inhabit, uh, being the cities, the houses, the villages, uh, looking at how humanity selected certain forms. And it, I think some of these things we have lost, they're mostly vernacular, and we might want to look at that to build our physical experience, even in a virtual world. Uh, I think it's illuminating. It's uh, being a book from the 70s, as you might imagine, is not uh, a vertical text is more philosophical, but I uh, suggest since, I mean, the listeners will have read all the books from last year, let's look back at, the, at another decade. Thank you, Andrea. And I think now it's getting difficult for you, Pasquale, to find a better suggestion. Yes, I'm... Uh, yes, absolutely. I, I come with a, with another book. Um, it's uh, Life 3.0 by Max Tegmark, who, who's a physicist. So it's more about the future, so it's more expected. It's totally not unexpected. And it's about artificial intelligence. And it's also about uh, how the AI will, will, will change our life, I would say. And but it's it's not about a metaverse future. It's not about that. It's about how we uh, create a, like a new kind of life uh, through computer and computer technology. Um, I think it's really fascinating in uh, seeing how the, the life will change. And it's about life. It's not about it's about humanity. It's not about technology. So the the metaverse will have to do something with that. Uh, I don't know how much, but uh, I, I totally recommend this this book, Life 3.0. And it's also, it was also recommended by Elon Musk, which is, it's, I don't know if it's a, it's a good point now, but anyway. anyway. <laughs> Thank you, Pasquale. Interesting. And, uh, staying with you, uh, what's the best way to contact you if somebody would have some questions? Um, I think probably on LinkedIn, uh, you can search for Pasquale Borriello. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure you will uh, you'll, uh, you will have this name on, on the notes of the podcast, and that's that's the place where you can more easily find me. Thank you. And where we can find Arcage? Arcage. Welcome to the Arcage.com the website, and we are on Instagram, Twitter, and all the social media platforms. Thank you, Pasquale. And coming to you, Andrea, what's the best way to to connect with you? 
Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Andrea Chiulo. There are not many with this name, so it will be pretty easy. Uh, I share both professional uh, updates, and you will find some AI art as well, which is one of the latest rabbit holes I, I fell into. Thank you, Andrea. And perhaps where we can find your podcast together with Pasquale? Uh, you can head to ilbernoccolopodcast.com. You can find all the uh, show episodes there, or you can search for uh, Il Bernoccolo on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, that's also a pretty weird name, so it's easy to find. <laughs> Thank you, Andrea. And for the audience, if you are uh, understanding Italian, then have a listen to it because it's really a, a great podcast, outstanding discussion between Pasquale and Andrea. And now we are coming to the end of this podcast. But before you leave, the last two questions, one for Pasquale and one for Andrea. Um, let's start with Andrea. Um, could you please share with us your golden nugget? It's something that we discussed or something new that you would like to leave to the audience? Well, thinking about the episode of today... Uh... And thinking about the say uh, that curiosity is a driver, I say jump into new things, but keep a foot out. Uh, it's very easy to be sucked in and then see nothing else by what's new. Uh, always be a bit, little bit skeptical uh, about every novelty. I think that's the healthiest way to go forward. Thank you, Andrea. And Pasquale, now it's your turn. It's the closure of the podcast, the end of the game. Oh my God, uh, so much responsibility. Um, I would advise to try to listen more than you actually talk. So listen before you talk, but also if you can just listen. And of course, for a podcast, that's perfect because you can only listen. But also try to experience a lot more than um, than you create. I mean, to understand the metaverse, I think we, we are all uh, listeners or watchers, if you prefer. And, and it's really, I think we, we as creatives, we all want to create, um, write, uh, talk, but maybe we have to read more, listen more, and also do more experiences, many more experiences. That, that's, that's my advice. Thank you very much, Pasquale. Pasquale and Andrea, please stay with me for one minute. We are closing this podcast. It was a great pleasure. Thank you very much to the audience. Uh, this was the first episode about the metaverse. I hope that you enjoyed that. Feel free to contact Pasquale, Andrea, or me if you have any question. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it. Share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business, we are in a human-to-human -human environment. Thank you!